to see you i think for sure once when you guys played like cedar rapids iowa at, like some vfw hall uh the tour with like forever came calling real friends Wait a minute, say, say that again uh cedar rapids iowa oh of course yeah that, yeah yeah of course i'll never forget that show dude that was uh <laughs> that was a party that was like the first like cool tour that we got to do um when when real friends took us out that we were like holy shit like this is going to be the biggest thing that ever happened um but i remember specifically so like that was their first uh, like headliner, basically, and definitely their first full US tour. And they, I mean, they were used to fucking, you know, 350, 400 kids, packed like stage, right. whatever the fuck. And we pull up to Iowa and they look at each other and they're like, yo, like the, there's tile on the floor. Like <laughs> kids are gonna die. Like kids are gonna die. Um, but that ended up being like one of our favorite fucking shows on the, on the, on the run. Um, you guys brought it. There was like a bunch of kids there, which oh, yeah. is like so fucking gnarly. Yeah, that was What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Beers with Bands. Uh, this week, I'm sitting down with the new homie, Mike, a.k.a. Hotel Etiquette. How are you doing? I'm doing well, brother. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, it's it's Tuesday. Uh, it's like 4 in the afternoon here. I got 20 minutes up to work, so I do have my work computer up, but I should be fine. Uh, but I'm sitting down with you to talk about everything you got going on, so it's it's a good day. Are you on the clock right now? You're on the clock right now while you're doing this? Yeah, we just don't talk, we just don't mention it. We're good. You are a G. You are a G. I mean, feel free to edit that out, but I I love that. I love that. Fuck yeah, dude. That rocks. Yeah. <laughs> What's more um, punk rock cool. than you know working but doing something you actually want to do while you're getting paid to do something else? Literally nothing, dude. That's like the best double dip of all time. Congratulations. And well, a beard. You. you know what I mean? And, right. and a little drinking on the job to just like seal the deal. I like that. Yeah, you know you know how I do. We, we do fun no, things over at Beers Bands. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. I gotta get, I'm going to get like you as soon as I get off the call. <laughs> okay. Um, but like I mentioned, you go by Hotel Etiquette. You're, you're based out of Buffalo. Uh, for people that might not know, and it's, it was kind of difficult to kind of pin this down because you're kind of like a, a blend of different sounds uh, depending on what EP or full length or single you're listening to. There's like some indie, some punk rock. There's some like uh top 40 style hits there's 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 like a wide range that you're putting out but overall like i don't know what what would, what do you consider yourself like what's a good do you even Dude, try I, and consider like box yourself <laughs> anywhere or are you just like i'm gonna do what i want to do no yeah i i mean and that's probably that's probably where that 
like if we we had to start with the point of this conversation it would probably be that i just you know what i mean we're just doing what what sounds cool and not not thinking about it too much just mm -hmm. trying to maybe trust that voice a little bit more that's like well no there's something inside of you that says this is cool or this is good so lean into that rather than being like oh that doesn't exactly sound like my last record or that doesn't exactly sound like xyz so I, I, everybody every band wants to pretend like they're very good at forgetting about that um but it's it's not true um the the thing is like i i just i don't know i, I have a ton of influences as does like everybody and i feel the need to like try to express in that in that way and maybe if there's a way to draw a line through all of these records or all of these songs it's tied together by like a something that maybe i haven't even discovered yet because i'm still kind of working out uh what i'm doing here um mm -hmm. but i don't know one time i was at a converge show um in like i don't know 2006 and I heard him say, uh, the singer said something on stage, like, thank you guys so much for being here. We're just a little punk band from Boston. This is crazy. And I was like, what the fuck do you mean you're a punk band? Like, nah, -uh. like, you know what I mean? I, I was like, no, you're a hardcore band. You're like a metal band that does not know. Right. But then I realized, I realized like what the fuck he meant by that. You know what I mean? Like that's the, the genesis of it was some kids that got into this like, alternative style of music but also way of going about your life and they chose their own path and blah 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 right but um if i was gonna call it anything i guess i would just say that i out to borrow from them or be informed by that time in my life it's it's just a punk band dude like if it sounds like it's supposed to be on the radio then that's that's cool that's lucky yeah you know if it sounds like it's an indie thing that's cool too but in my heart like it'll always just be a punk band, you know? So that's just what I tell people to keep it simple. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a simple way to put it. Uh, and I feel like a good way to put it. Cause while you kind of deep dive through a lot, like even on the songs that are kind of like those more like poppy ish, uh, like mm. could be considered like top forties or radio hits. There is that underlying like punkness to it. I mean, it's it's gonna well, be that's in there. crazy that's crazy that you think it would be a hit so i appreciate <laughs> you saying that but yeah dude you know it's just uh who who gets to who gets to say it's it, it's up to you it's up to the artist right so like if if uh, other people interpret it like uh it is an emo band. It is an indie band. It is a, you know, I, I would love to write a song that would be on the radio. Like, yeah, all that right. stuff is still in, inherently true. Like, and, and you're not wrong for like having that opinion, no matter what you think, you know what I mean? But I, I think there's like an ethos or something that like is, it comes along with saying like, no, dude, I, it's a punk band. I get mm -hmm. it that I'm dancing around with my shirt off and shit. And I got gold pants on. I get it. No, no, no. But this is a punk band. And actually that's the <laughs> punkest fucking thing you could ever do. So I'm just gonna, you know what I mean? Like, right. it was very easy this time around starting a band and, and not having an expectation because I wasn't focused on going on tour or like living up to what what like Pentimento had done or anything like that. It was just like, oh, this is like a pandemic project. This is like, I'm just stuck in the house and I want to do something cool, you know, but then all this stuff just started to, to pour out and it like became like important again. So, you know, it, it was just very much like, fuck it, dude, let's just see i don't know you know and like it it should be different every time but uh i don't know the the next record will be weirder than the last few and so on down the line so you know what i mean like who's to say in a year's time i won't just be like 
I don't know, the Blue Man Group or some shit. So right. we'll see. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's nice that you bring up the the whole pandemic project because uh, that kind of leads into like the the beginning part of this. It started as just a basically it sounds like just a project to keep your mind busy while being you know quarantined. Um, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong in any of that. Um, yeah, for the most part, dude, I think like what actually happened was somebody I I'm friends with tagged me in a thing on Instagram that was like, yo, come up with a guitar riff right now. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and like made this thing and he, he DM'd me and he was like, yo, if you made a band like this, I would listen to it every day. And I was like, all right, let's, okay. Bet, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> was just bet, exactly. Um, so that was, that was like kind of the beginning, I guess. But, um, yeah, then I just fell in love with it all over again. I had such a break between like this and Pentimento. Like I didn't really, I didn't really play my instruments. I didn't really jam a ton. And then like slowly, but surely there was nothing else to do, but that, that felt productive. You know what I mean? I was like sick of doing push-ups in my fucking apartment. So <laughs> it was cool. And, um, and now I just love it all over again. You know what I mean? I, I like, I want to, I want to figure it out, whatever, whatever it is. I want to figure it out. Right. No, that's, that's awesome that while like a lot of people, you know, lost their minds and in, in quarantine and the pandemic, like you kind of refound yourself and you're, it sounds like you refound your like kind of love for music and like doing this. Um, and I mean, it's great to see what it's come out of it because like I mentioned, everything sounds super sick and it's just a, been a joy to listen to. Oh man, dude, that is a that is a very high compliment. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate that. That's that's super fucking cool. And you're right, man. There was like plenty of us out here who were going absolutely fucking nuts and had like no outlet or a super limited outlet given the circumstance and stuff like that. So, dude, like, I, I'm not gonna sit here and be like, oh my god, I'm so lucky because it's not luck. You know what I mean? It's just I have a lot of gratitude that like I was able to make something that you think is fucking cool or anybody thinks is fucking cool because there were so many people who were like worried about their livelihood their job their housing situation their fucking where their next meal was coming from all of that stuff and to be honest like it almost felt like silly for a while trying to to push it because it's like all of the insanity that that is occurring in the world like right before your eyes like is not hinging on whether or not i have a fucking single out right nobody gives a shit about my fucking music video because who should who would like there are plenty plenty of things that you should be like putting your time and attention toward you know and so there's like that that maybe balancing act involved with like oh yeah it's like my thing that i was doing during quarantine it's so cool because i was so productive and i was so like i was so into it and i like love music all over again like yeah great but like now tell me why i should give a fuck about that <laughs> You know, so like yeah. I can't, I, I, I can't, um, I, I can't do anything but just like try and, and just like keep putting stuff out and like hoping that, you know, as things normal out and people kind of like start to enjoy the things that they usually enjoy or like whatever the fuck that is, I maybe I could be a part of that, you know, like, mm -hmm. uh, but in the meantime, dude, like I don't expect anybody to give a fuck, you know, <laughs> so it's very cool that you do and I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Well, I, I'm sure I'm not the only one that gives a fuck because, I mean, starting in 2020 is when you kind of did all this, but you put out the first EP in, like, July uh, called Sex Questions. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, like, five or six songs, and it's it's got, like, 
kind of going back to the whole like punkness it's got that angstiness to it it's kind of got this whole or, or i was trying to try and like pinpoint like what era i was feeling it was like really set into and i almost felt like that like 2000 like 13 to 15 like kind of sound of like the harsher like angstier like pop punk and like punk rock and stuff is where i was kind of like drawn to and it's a great ep and for people that haven't checked it out why i haven't checked it out yet because obviously you should give a shit about this uh hype them up a little bit more but Thanks, uh, <laughs> when you first put it out, like what, what were some of the responses that you were getting? I know it was kind of, you know, dead of like middle of the start of the pandemic, but like mm-hmm. what kind of, uh, vibes? Um, I think you nailed it, dude. I think like the last, like, uh, the last stuff that I was working on was, was Pentimento stuff. And that was right around that time. Like 2015 was when we, uh, played our, our last show, um and we were we were working on new stuff like up until basically uh like that winter when it when it when it when it hit um we were jamming and stuff like that but then once it happened everybody kind of went off in their own direction and like um i i was definitely stuck in that time period i'm sure you know what i mean Um, it's a great time period though i gotta admit it's a great time period yeah it was but that was probably like that was where my mind was that's like the the chords that i was making the melodies i had the oh dude i should yell this part and then scream this part and sing this part like yeah all of that stuff was definitely in there and then it was like um very like it was really exciting just to put something out again because there was a ton of people that were just stoked um stoked to maybe have something in the absence of my other bands or like um just people that i'm friends with that were like so supportive and so encouraging and um it was like a it's a it's like a solo project so that was also a little scary i guess and the response was cool i think um even even when i like look back at like the spotify metrics it's like the biggest impact that anything i ever had was was like i just dropped an ep like on a friday and that was it. And there was like a ton of listeners and like all of this stuff. And then like, you know what I mean? It like wanes over time and then jumps up and then all that stuff. Right. But like, I thought I like looking back on that from a couple of years ago, I just thought that that was so interesting, you know, and, and maybe more people were just like focused on the internet because shit was happening. So you're a little more aware, like, cause all I had was just putting it out on Instagram and you know, whatever, mm-hmm. it was just digital stuff. But um, it was, it was super fun, dude. Got to do a music video with a couple of friends and my wife uh, at the, at the studio that we made the, the EP at. Um, shout out to Paul Besh at Quiet Country Audio. Um, and that was really, that was really it. Um, but it was, a, it was a great response. I think enough to make me want to, to do more, you know, and then, and then we did a split, like uh, I did a split with a band called Fake Space. Um, from here, great band, great guy. Uh, and just, I think after that, I was like, dude, I think I'm like, I think I'm in it again. I don't want to just be like, I don't want to do it just for fun. I think I want to like really give it a shot. Right. And so the next record, I like drove out to Michigan to work with uh, Nick Diener um, at his place. And uh, that was a good experience for sure. I I was really, really psyched on the way that it came out. I, I love those songs. But then by the time I came back home, um, I, I, I was focused on like playing shows and stuff for a little while, but the, 
the material that I was coming up with sounded like almost nothing like it, you know, mm. almost nothing like that old EP. I didn't exactly know what to do with it. And I, I sat on it for maybe like a year um, and then just put it out like, like the three songs that I did this summer. Okay. Um, because I, I don't know, I was a little hung up on like, ah, is this, is this too weird? Is it like, I didn't really know what to make of it. I thought maybe if I could make like a whole record like that, then it would be cool. But then I was just like, dude, whatever. Like number one, who cares? And number two, who cares? Like, so I just put them out as singles because I thought maybe that would be like uh, an easier way to digest maybe this little shift mm -hmm. in the in the songwriting. And then I just finished up a record in Jersey um, at Sound Acres with uh, Gary Sioni. And that was awesome. But it was like, then again, we finished it and I was like, dude, like now this is all like heavy and there's like like breakdowns and murder chords everywhere and like i don't know what the fuck is going on anymore like so <laughs> you know that's uh that's pretty much like how i migrated you asked like what the response to the record was and i just told you my whole life story i'm sorry that no you're fun. that's totally fine uh it's less that i had to ask questions and you you already knew where i was going with everything so it worked out perfectly uh but so, i mean re releasing those three songs as singles this year um and for people, uh, hold on, I have I got two computers off and I'm looking at the wrong one. Um, I mean, those were I Feel Terrible, All Alone, and Mood. And Mood is the one that came up on one of my like curated playlists. And it's what led me to, to reaching out to you because it was like groovy and like kind of like a little R&B like, like mixed in. And like, I, I just thought it was so dope and so good. And then... Um, so I emailed you and I had checked out other stuff. And then that's when I kind of found more of like the heavier punk stuff. And I was like, wow, let's like check out this range. And then you can kind of see it on, um, on your full length X questions. Cause you kind of on that one, you're going to have, you have like, I want to be all right, which is like this angsty. Like you're talking about like the devil's talking to you, trying to like figure shit out. And then it, you also have like, I'm in mm -hmm. love with judging you, which is like that poppiness and like, I feel like that was a good transition, like, uh, as kind of, like, a lead is like, hey, like, this is kind of, like, what you can expect. You can expect the unexpected on at least one record, mm -hmm. and then doing the three singles to kind of lead into, like, this next progression um, works really well, and I just realized I'm still talking, and I don't know where I was going to go with this, but, uh, like, they're, no, they're all, <laughs> they all sound great, and, uh, like, I'm stoked to see what you do next, because, I mean, when... I first reached out to you, uh, we had a, you know, we kind of postponed a little bit of things cause you were deep in the, the studio. You had, you were, you said you had like 10 days yeah. left of recording and stuff and I'm stoked to see mm -hmm. you like what's coming next. Thanks a lot, dude. Yeah. I just, uh, I felt like I really found like, uh, like an answer to some of the questions that I had about like maybe making music or being a musician when I, when I did the X questions record and then even more so with the singles from the summer. Cause I guess like I didn't realize like how much of uh, like early R and B and hip hop stuff and even what's happening today. I mean, of course there's a ton of top 40 stuff that I listen to. It's in heavy rotation. Uh, everything I'm doing is informed by it in some way, but it's like, I for yeah dude you could be in a punk band and still make a song with a groove that has 
clean guitars and right. has like an R&B progression behind it and but you're singing about something that's kind of pissed or maybe you have a bridge where you're you're screaming or something like the only rule is to not be corny that's it I tell people that all the time so like you can have all of it you can do all of that stuff you just can't like be corny and I feel like my my effort as a songwriter especially lately is like well okay i love the mood of this but the message of this and the intensity of this and the whatever so like how do i marry all of this stuff in a in a in a way that sounds clean you know right. it, it, and that is like the oasis in the desert like as soon as you get there it's fucking it evaporates it's like it, it's just the mirage of being a musician but like um I don't know, dude. The the next record is it's gonna be weird or maybe surprising, like you said, in that way too, because there's definitely everything that you will expect out of my band on there, but I don't I don't some of this shit is just so fucking weird, dude. I don't even know what to tell you. Like you're just gonna have to hear it because I just like I kept I kept telling people like, dude, I wanna do I wanna be like if Glassjaw only listened to Marvin Gaye. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm trying to say? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, so it, I, I see what you're saying, where you want to be like a certain sound, but really just influenced heavily by a completely different sound type deal. Yeah, yeah, it's like the embodiment of something else. It's you know, again, like it could be the attitude of this with the, you know, the um the moodiness of that, and there's just like no, there's no end to how many fucking incredible records that you could get your hands on, and like in an instant. And like, if you, if you are trying to explore something about yourself, like then the best way to do it is make music because like, well, not only do you get to, you get to say what is on your mind, but the package that you get to wrap it up in is like entirely up to you with like the endless amounts of decisions that you could make, right. um, are that, that's what makes bands great. Um, I like using the example of like, uh, maybe like 21 pilots, th- that band, uh, like, I just didn't know what to make of it when I first heard it. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot a lot of people did, but that second listen, that third listen, you're like, holy shit, man, this is just, I just didn't get it. Like I, now I get it. Now I see that they're just doing something else. You right. know, of course it doesn't sound like X, Y, Z. That was never the fucking intention. So if that's what you're going into expecting out of that band, then like get the fuck out of here. So like, whatever. It, I, I think it takes a lot for an artist to, um, take a risk right mm-hmm. and like maybe maybe there's a lot of people out there that don't like 21 pilots but nobody fucking hates them like they fucking hate nickelback <laughs> or fucking imagine dragons or something like this because those are the reason that people hate that is because it's just oh dude you literally took this part off the shelf and then put this vocal thing here and it is manufactured and given to you as like just this shit sandwich all the time and it's just they have tons of money behind it. So it's yeah. on the radio constantly. They're coming to your town, blah, 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 blah. It's like forced down your throat. So now I realize that the world that we're in or the world that I'm in is entirely, is entirely at the mercy of the listener. I'm nothing. I like, I, you know what I mean? I have not accomplished anything in the grand scheme. And it's like, oh, well, this is because people have an actual choice and it's up to you to try to get in front of them, but mm-hmm. there's no major label pushing it there's not payola there's not radio there's like i don't have a huge tour coming up there's that's just not happening so it's like the burden of the artist to make something that's so good so fucking cool that people like you would want to reach out and say hey let's connect or you're going to show a homie or something like that 
that's the game we're playing, you know? And I, I like that so much because it's, it's like, uh, it's very freeing in a way. And now it's like, I don't, I'm not playing for an audience of some headlining band and hoping that our songs appeal to them. It's like, no, people are going to find it. And if they think it's fucking cool, then that is like literally all the, that's the juice, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, one, one thing I was like, how you mentioned like 21 pilots, I always think about, uh, one example I use a lot is uh, just because like they're one of my favorite bands is like Turnstile. Uh, at the root of everything, they're always hardcore, but each record has kind of shifted into like a different sound. Like you go Time and Space, that one has a completely different vibe. They glow on, but they're still doing what they love, and they don't give a shit if anyone likes it or not. And obviously, obviously, everyone loves Glow On, and it blew the fuck up. But um, like, it's it doesn't matter what the listener expects. It's more, I want to see what the artist wants to put out. Um, just like hundredth where exactly. they went from super like hard, hardcore metalcore, And now they're like a shoegaze band. Like it takes a little bit of getting used to, but that's, that's what they want to do. That's where they're at in their lives to mm -hmm. put that out. And I, you got to respect that fucking holy well, one sure. change up. Yeah, but they but that's inspiring to them, and like right. that's what makes art art great. And so when you've listened to like As I Lay Dying, it's like ninth studio album, and you're like, oh, like dude, you guys, you're just making it happen at this point. <laughs> we're just doing whatever we got to do to kick the can down the fucking road. Like, right? We're gonna we're gonna tune the guitars low. We're gonna have the fuck whatever. I'm not talking <laughs> shit about August Burns Red. I'm just saying, uh, As I Lay Dying, whatever. I, I'm just saying that, like, if that if they want to make fucking shoegaze, then cool. As long as it's sick, then it gets a pass. Yeah, exactly. You know? And there are plenty of bands out there who um, Turnstile is a great example, right? Like, have they ever put out a bad record? Definitely not. Do people like connect with this latest one more than ever before in their career? Definitely so. But they finally, like, they deserve that break not not just because they've all been in bands and working for a super long time but it's because they finally were like yo i'm doing what i want like i'm actually gonna do something i want to do i'm gonna make the music that i really want to make and it sounds like everything of course there's like the hardcore band beating heart in there but that that's where they come from and they're using that um to the best of their ability they're they are like allowing that to influence all of this other kind of music that they're incorporating and it's like dude yeah this song has fucking bongos in it let's go like as long as you can pull it off and it's not corny then you win and, dude, and they're right? very much doing that yeah and so much major props to them like they're they're playing the fucking blink tour like that's insane um but yeah uh but enough about that we're here to talk about hotel etiquette obviously this is the hotel etiquette episode this isn't turnstile um, that's next week <laughs> dude that'd be I don't know what I would do with myself um, <laughs> just keep doing what you're doing man right keep, you know what I mean it'll happen um, so I mean like you are so you were playing some shows but you aren't now or like what's what's like cause, cause obviously it's just you are hotel etiquette so like what's like a live show or live set for you like do you have like a group of homies that just oh. come in and like help out or yeah yeah i have um a really solid group of dudes that was uh 
working with me last year on putting those shows together. Um, I was able to do like one, one headliner here at home. And then we got a chance to be on kind of like a Buffalo hardcore showcase, um, nice. with some great bands, uh, buried alive, uh, was on it. Um, gathering ground, shout out those guys, uh, spaced, um, another up and coming band that are kind of lighting the world on fire right now from Buffalo. Um, and then, um, in the band, um, I had a fake space uh, is also one guy. His name is Christian. Um, and he, he basically learned how to play drums so that he could do this stuff with me, which was kind of sick. Um, so he, he played those shows with me. And uh, then another buddy named Sal, who um, is in a project called Gato Black. And if you haven't listened to that band yet, holy fuck, definitely check that out. Um, yeah, so Sal, uh, Sal is the man. He, he's been stepping up doing guitar stuff. Um, also John Vaughn, uh, played bass for those couple of shows. Who's in the band space. Um, definitely worth your time. If you're into, if you're into hardcore like that, I'm sure you would be, um, very trippy, very cool. Okay. And like, uh, yeah, that, I don't know, going through some lineup changes right now. Cause everybody's fucked. Everybody's got kids, blah, 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 blah. Um, planning on playing some shows for sure. Maybe spring, summertime. Um, but just been focusing on this record um getting the songs together for that um i started vocal lessons this summer um you know what i mean i was just trying to like really make sure that this like went off without a hitch because right. i felt like going to do this particular thing uh at sound acres with gary was like i can't fuck around you know what i mean i have to be like a hundred percent efficient like i <laughs> for whatever reason i just built it up in my mind that like i, I can't fuck this up you know what i mean so yeah. um and i don't think i did but I, I, I don't know, like maybe, uh, yeah, dude, it's just, it's been insane trying to think about shows because I mean, everybody's life, number one, but we're definitely just at that age where it's like, we're all thinking about the kids first mm -hmm. and, um, you know, it's just not, it's not like the, the highest priority, like it was when I was, you know, 20 something. Um, but that's, it's definitely on the list, man. I just have been focusing on the, the, the record and stuff. And as soon as all of that shakes out, I'll be much uh, more excitable about the idea of shows and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, dude, shout out to Gato Black and Fake Space and Spaced and fucking Pure Heel and every single other possible Buffalo band there could ever be. Uh, Thomas Harvey, let me say Thomas Harvey for sure. Um, Torsten from Triple Hammer. Uh, and I'm saying Thomas Harvey because their bass player, I think, is uh, is now going to be working with Hotel Etiquette in the future for live stuff. So um, I, I had to I had to toss it in there. Great band. Oh, Please check out Thomas Harvey. Yeah, I, I looked at like the, the full roster for Triple Hammer. And I was like, one, I've never heard of any of these bands, but anything with like triple in like the the like the the record company's name i already know is gonna have like crazy shit like you think of triple b records there's a lot of fucking dope shit on there so i'm like triple b right. triple crown fucking right. all so, kinds of shit so the, like a lot of those dudes that you've listed they're on my list to like go check out after this um yeah the, when you brought up uh like okay so you brought up vocal coach and this is i know you as you know the drummer of pentimento we're you always a drummer and then just kind of progressed into like this whole frontman style or did you kind of do some other frontman style stuff prior to pentimento like is this all um, kind of new for you yeah well in a way like i guess it's kind of it's i i was doing a band as the singer slash guitar player right before pentimento with okay. a couple of guys uh that jeremiah and lance from pentimento were in that band too and then one day, like, 
Jerry just had a talk with me where he said like, dude, I, I am like not a bass player. Like you are a drummer. Like mm -hmm. I think I should sing and I think you should play drums. I think we should do it like that. And then, so we brought Vinny in, um, who I've always been in bands with since I was like 13 years old. Every single project I ever did was with that guy. Um, so we ended up having that shift. Then Pentimento kind of took over and that was like the main focus, but I was uh, doing the songwriting for that project and then like singing just like harmonies and stuff live. Um, right. But I didn't take the singing thing like super serious. Um, like I should have, but I, I just was like, Oh, I just do it. I'm just, I'm just the drummer with a microphone, like no big deal. Um, and I, I mean, I found out the hard way, like a bunch of times, you know, taking care of your voice is fucking, it's a chore. It is a chore. And like, even doing like Pentimento demos where like, I would make the song and like send it to the guys to see if it was even worth anything. But I'm like tracking vocals somewhere for like an hour and I can't talk for two days. Like that ain't good, you know? Right. <laughs> so I just rode that out for like basically the life of the band because it definitely got better and definitely got easier as the as the tour cycles got crazier because the demand like it produced some some change that like mm -hmm. it, it didn't kill it didn't kill me somehow it was like good for my voice to continuously use it even if it was like maybe not the most proper way um, but then I started doing hotel etiquette stuff and singing is just it was just such a struggle in the studio. And then I could barely think about doing it live. Cause I was like, dude, how the fuck am I going to like keep it together for a whole like 10, 11 song set? Right. You know what I mean? And then, um, when we played the shows, it went like, it went way better than I anticipated. I was definitely like paranoid about it. I was, you know, drinking tea every night and doing the neti pot. And like, I got the fucking, um air purifier going and all that stuff like i i was trying very hard to do whatever i thought would like increase my chances of not fucking blowing it um and band practice oh my god like who would have thought that that would actually be like a good thing for you to do it's like practice singing so like once uh once we wrap those shows up um i was like dude i'm just gonna i'm gonna get serious about like if i'm gonna sing i should like sing right like you should try so uh I, I just like bit the bullet and ended up taking some lessons at this place called community music school here in buffalo and it was like one of the coolest experiences that i ever had because like for all the like online youtube stuff or online coaching that there is nothing is gonna ever beat like sitting in a room with somebody and having them like watch you do what you're doing and then point out why it fucking sucks you know like or what you can do better and uh he helped me a ton with like he he was like yo if you are in here to like prepare yourself to record a record like i, I don't want to waste your time singing other shit like you should we should sing your songs and try to figure that out right and i was like dude like oh my god that is the coolest thing of all time yeah. um so that was really cool and he he exposed me to like some Etta James stuff that I, you know, it's like these songs that you hear as a kid, but you don't like connect with. And he's showing me all this stuff um, to try to help me, giving me little tips, tricks and hints about singing. And I mean, I was just so blown away that by what I was hearing that it changed my approach entirely. And then when I got to the studio, I just like, I tried very hard to apply all these little things that he'd shown me um, the whole time. But it was like something about like, man like i'll say out of james specifically but we talked a lot about um 
like fallout boy and panic at the disco and like paramore and just these big soaring vocal bands because it seems like that's where my voice likes to live i i realized like how much like r&b influence stuff i was doing and like all my vocals were like quiet or like i was like almost in a talk register and that was like way more of a struggle than trying to belt out some crazy ass note or whatever. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, why can't I just sing at like a normal human being volume? So that was like, that was what really pushed me to, to take lessons and and figure that stuff out. But the dude, um, his name was Nick. He was great. And he just gave me a lot of insight and it changed what ended up happening in the studio. Um, I think for the better, um i don't think my voice sounds any different per se it's just like some of the choices that i made are like it's fucking weird dude like it's just weird yeah <laughs> no like that, that's um, awesome that you bring that up because like i you always hear about like like because everyone thinks about like metalcore bands and like hardcore bands are like they're out there yelling every fucking night yeah. on like a 30-day run mm-hmm. but no one thinks about the fact that those guys are going to vocal coaches to like not blow up their voices every night and I can't remember who it was, but there was, like, a video of, it might have been a singer of, like, Bring the Horizon or, like, one of those style bands. But he was sitting there with, like, a vocal coach, and he had, like, you know, the straw to, like, work on his breathing to, like, get it right. And it's, like, those are things you don't ever think of as, like, just a fan. You're just, like, these guys can fucking scream, but you don't realize, like, they would not be able to do more than a couple nights if they're doing it wrong. So anyone that's listening and you're, like, starting a band and you think you're going to be, you know, doing a lot of shows back to back to back, like, definitely something to consider uh, to not blow out your voice every night. Yeah, there's that, and, like, treating it like it's an instrument, I think that's, like, easy to forget, you know what I mean? Because, like, mm-hmm. a lot of us out here doing playing in punk bands and shit are, like, we all grew up in hardcore bands. We all grew up in, in bands where, like, the dude just picks up the microphone and gets pissed and lets it out. And that's awesome and like very much has its place. But in order to be able to offer like consistency and then take care of yourself on top of it, you know, there are definitely artists out here that have been screaming at the top of their lungs for, you know, a couple of decades now and they're still getting it done um, because they figured themselves out. And it's not just like putting limitations on yourself. It's more like, no, dude, like your guitar player has to learn how to play the guitar first. The song isn't just going to spill the fuck out. The drummer has to know what each of his limbs are going to do. Otherwise, that is going to fall apart, you know, like, and it's the same thing with singing. It's just easier to not take seriously because you're, it's just you and the microphone, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, and, and it's so easy to just go for it. And I'll say that mentally, like it's fucking dude when you're standing in front of a mic in the studio and you got your headphones on and you hear the click track in your ear and you go oh shit i have to sing right now it's like insane i can't swallow i i like i clam up i like can't fucking breathe right but when i'm in the car or i'm like making a demo at our practice space and there's just nobody around and i don't give a shit dude you could do fucking anything (laughs) you could do fucking anything so and i'm sure that that like every single person that's ever been in that situation would say something similar it's like as soon as you get in front of the microphone something that happens to you mentally that ends up choking you a little bit and getting over that was like that's the biggest fucking thing you know so i and i feel like uh my point was that going to a vocal coach i think helps with that because you're so naked mm-hmm. you know you're, it's just you and a person sitting in a room and you guys are both just trying to you both want the same thing you know um so your voice is an instrument 
you should take care of it. You know, you, you change your guitar strings, you wipe your fretboard down, you clean your cymbals, you put stuff in cases, you, you know, don't take it in extreme temperatures, whatever the fuck you do to take care of that shit. The, the same idea is true for your, for your throat, you know, and I'm saying this as a dude who like loves to smoke weed and cigarettes too. So I, I am not practicing what I preach whatsoever, but you <laughs> should, you should totally do it. Well, you heard it there folks. Make sure you're doing yeah. that. Um, I know we kind of hinted at it with this new record. Um, I mean, you just dropped Mood, I think, in the middle of September. Are we getting anything else later this year, or are we waiting until this record fully is ready to drop? I'm not 100% sure, dude. I, um, I'm i not sure how feasible it is to put anything out before the end of the year. Um, I think that actually what may end up happening is uh, I may uh, visit Jersey again in December, um and and work on some more stuff uh seems like the, the the seven songs that we got done are great and i'm very excited about them um but it seems like instead of thinking about this as an ep maybe uh it, maybe it being an lp would be a little bit more advantageous for like triple hammer as a label and hotel etiquette as a band um i've been doing eps up until this point and it definitely would have been like the the natural, I guess, like the natural decision to just like put a third one out and put a little cap on all of that stuff. But right. um, it was like the more the more I listened back, and it, honestly, it was it was Gary that produced the record who said like, "Dude, this is awesome and would be cool to put out the way it is. But if you could make this an LP, then I think it could really like be something." And I was like, "Oh shit! Like, okay, <laughs> like I'll I'll try." Like, so I'm um. I'm in the process of, I, I guess, just working on some more songs to take there um, later this year, hopefully, if everything shakes out okay. And um, then 2023, we'll get, we'll get real. Um, so that, that, that is my, that is my hope. Um, I, I would love to have something else out this year, but um, dropping the songs this summer, I think was like an, a, a, like an offering for 2022 so that I didn't like totally fall out of the, uh, out of the mix. And I, I really enjoy the, the high frequency of like putting songs out every six months or so, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So even in the interim, like I, I can't sit on it forever. There will definitely be a single. There'll definitely right. be something sooner than later, just cause I can't personally handle sitting on the shit. But um, yeah, I'm going to try to uh, get a few more together um, and then take it there in December and, and see if that'll get us an LP. Fuck yeah, dude. Well, I'm still like I said, I'm stoked to see what you come up with next and what this, like, next kind of iteration-ish of, like, Hotel Etiquette's gonna be, and I'm gonna have my eyes peeled for that first single to drop or the first hints of this record, because I know it's gonna be sick. Oh, man. Thank you very much. I appreciate the faith, bro. That's really cool. And it's also really cool that you ended up just kind of, like, checking it out off of, a, off of a playlist and stuff. Like, thanks for like uh kind of allowing that to happen because it's like you could hear it on a mix and then just kind of go about your day but you took some time to actually dive in so that was cool of you thanks oh dude of course it's i i gotta i gotta i gotta give praise to like these spotify and apple music like curated like new music friday playlist because it's awesome I, yeah it's it's amazing because i'm definitely a guy that gets stuck my ways and i listen to like the same shit from like 2014 all the time like and if I don't yeah, dude. go out of my way to like actually sit down and find something, I'm never going to find anything, which is sounds weird considering there's right. all this music out there. It's just sometimes it's, you know, a little bit difficult, but these curated playlists have been 
amazing. Like I found you, I found like a bunch of a, another bunch more amazing artists that are going to be on future episodes here coming up. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I heard, I heard mood and I was like, this, this is sick. I have to try and reach out to him and see what's up. Thanks bro. Oh man, that's awesome. That's really, really cool. And it's like, that's even cooler. Cause like that was the third single and everybody knows like by the, by the third si- single, like no one cares. Like the first one, everyone's like, Oh cool. It's, it's like a new thing. And the second one's like, all right, yeah, I think we get it now. And then like the third one, it's like, if it comes out in the background, I won't hit skip, but uh, <laughs> like, that's, that's really cool that that was the one that got you. So thanks. Yeah. yeah. Um, before we kind of transition here, is there anything with hotel etiquette, uh, that I might've missed that you want the people to know about? Um, that you are a human being and you can do anything. That's it. Yep. Yep. Uh, well, like, I mean, I, like, I, like I've said, I've enjoyed listening to everything. Um, and I, like, I truly am stoked to see what comes next. Uh, but we're going to kind of transition here to the later half of these episodes. And these, like this portion is kind of why these, these episodes even, started because i was tired of listening to my me and my friends tell the same stories uh from our time of music considering we were in the van together so it kind of defeats the purpose uh half the time mm. so this is where i like to just listen to other people's stories from their time of music whether it's uh shows tours uh time recording um as i normally say they can be anything horrendous to tremendous or any adjective in between um love it so yeah this is this is uh still your time to shine as to what you want to say Oh, dude, I don't even, I mean, I'm going to say that, um, as you know, anybody that gets the opportunity to go out on tour is uh, part of something so spectacular and so special that uh, there's no, like, there's no way I could really put a bow on it. I I don't have, like, I got plenty of stories, but I don't know, like, what the one would be to, like... uh, to kind of pay homage to that entire experience because it's like obviously most people's idea of tour is that it's fucking crazy and it's amazing every night and you everything is handed to you and whatever um and we know that you're sleeping in the van and like taking a shower at the walmart sink and shit like that for for most of it and then like something happens where like there's a little bit of a trajectory there's a little bit of a tipping point things start to go a little bit better you play cooler shows and all that stuff and there's just a new thing to be swept up in every single every single tour every single time um i mean dude i'll tell you like i think um the one thing that helped maybe define the character of like anybody i know myself included but anybody i know um was going on tour it's it's something that really tests you and is also so fucking rewarding that like there's really nothing that could touch it you know what i mean there's really nothing that could um that could do it justice you just have to do it and i used to never understand that i remember reading um that henry rollins book get in the van a very long time ago and he was talking about going to Europe with Black Flag. And I, I did, he, he literally just, he was talking about going to Europe and saying like, yeah, and then we just like talked to this guy on the phone and then we flew out there. And I'm like, what the fuck does that, how could you <laughs> right. possibly, what do you mean you just go to Europe and you just tour and you just whatever. And then you just tour and you just 
go to Europe and you just whatever. Like it just does, it does happen because like you worked for it and you built connections and you, you know, had a, you had something special that people connected with and like all those like things have to go right for sure. But there's no, like, there's no secret. It's just, mm-hmm. you are authentically yourself and then, or as close to that as you can get. And then people latch on because they like, they like to know that somebody out there feels like they feel. And it's also wrapped in this package of like cool guitar and cool drums and catchy lyrics and all that stuff. But like um, some of the craziest shit that's ever happened to me in my life was because of tour. And it was just like, yo, okay, one time we're playing a show in Florida. It's great. Show's great. It was on that Real Friends tour, um, actually. And uh, the singer of Pentimento gets shocked by the microphone, right? Like flies back into the drum set like passes out oh shit okay like no one knew what the fuck happened you know what i mean like i'm still just like oh did he fall like that's insane (laughs) and like all right so it's a huge deal like show stops whatever he's okay we finish our couple songs and we pack our shit and then obviously like the guy running the show he's got to say something about it so he comes over to the van with like a hundred dollars worth of taco bell and like it was at first it was like so um like the singer guy was like emotional and it wasn't like he was trying to like sue the dude or whatever i just don't think he was ready to receive a gift of a hundred dollars worth of taco bell as like his consolation for getting like his near-death experience (laughs) you know yeah so just like to be to be a fly on the wall in that situation i think about that one all the time because it was like just this this weird like this weird example of humanity where it's like this horrible fucking thing happened to this guy, but it happened at like, it happened at this punk show where we were all there just like having a good time anyway. And like, of course shit happens and like whatever. And also nobody died and no, nothing was on fire. So it was totally cool. And like the best thing that the promoter could do was like, give us a hundred dollars worth of Taco Bell so that we could like eat like in the van and like survive and like, mm-hmm. like share it with the other dudes if we wanted and all that stuff. And it was, I was just like, at the time, I just thought it was funny. Like, sorry about your fucking medical scare, but here's <laughs> some Taco Bell. But then I think about like, what a good dude that guy was for like, well, what's the one thing I could do to like, maybe like settle this guy or settle this band or take care of them. I- I'm going to get them. I'm going to get them fed you know i'm gonna i'll get them food and like in excess so we like had it like we would you know and we were still a very young band at the time we were one of four on that tour i think we were getting paid like a 100 bucks a night you know what i mean so it wasn't it was like it was glamorous but when you zoom out and you're just like wait a minute dude you're your dude almost fucking died and this guy gave you taco bell like it, it just the juxtaposition of those things is like funny but in reality it was just this incredible example of like no, this guy wanted to smooth it over, and that was like literally the best he could fucking do. Yeah. You know, that was that was really something. Um, I, I think about stuff like when we put out our first uh, LP, um, we were like in the middle of like a legal issue with our former label that put out the first two EPs. Um, we like we went in to record the record, we we're supposed to get a certain amount of money to make that record. And then when it came time to pay up, the dude was like, Oh no, like I'm not, I'm not doing that. Like, and it was basically like, okay, well, like it's going to sit on a hard drive. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But then we just like, 
we were like, yo, fuck it. Let's just release it for free. And if people want to donate, then cool. And we'll use that money toward the recording costs. And then like, we'll own the record and then like, fuck it. And it was like, you know, within a day or something, like it got raised and I couldn't, like, I couldn't fucking believe that, you know, I like when I saw the, when I saw the, the thing or like, I think we had a PayPal or something set up and then, you know, somebody sent a screenshot of it and I just, I was at work and I just fucking like cried, dude. I just sat in my chair at, at, in my office and I just cried. Cause I like, I couldn't believe that people gave a shit about it that much. But what was fucked was like looking through the transactions and seeing like, Oh dude, here's a person that gave 200 bucks. Here's a person that gave 75 bucks. Like, Oh my God, that's crazy. But then, but then you get to like people that gave like three bucks or like a dollar or something. Then they're like, bro, this is like all I have, but I wanted to like, I mean, dude, it's killing me right now. You know, I, I cannot, I cannot imagine that like something that we ever did would have an impact on somebody who's like, dude, I literally have no money, but I feel so bad for you in this situation that I want to like show support somehow. So here's three bucks, like get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. I don't deserve that. You know what I mean? I, I don't deserve that kind of grace or, or anything from anybody. And you know, nobody owes me that bro. Not because I'm a musician or because I'm a good dude or any of that shit. I just can't believe that somebody would do that for our band because they like music that much or something, you know? So I don't know, man. I like, I wish I had a better, like cooler story for you. I feel like I just have been doing a lot of talking about the character building aspect of this whole thing. And I feel like that's, that's really all there is to say crazy shit happens on tour, bro. What do you want me to tell you? People throw fucking blunts on stage. There's titties all the time, everywhere. <laughs> Strippers fucking, I don't know, drugs, sex, rock and roll. It's, it's like, it is, it's all out there for sure. And you could have it all, but, um, I heard something like yeah. character is fate. And I feel like the thing that I took away the most from the touring experience was not just like the, the, like my character or like becoming comfortable with that or learning a lot, maybe becoming less of a fucking asshole or the way that it shaped my friends too, though, like all of my, everything that I have in my life, is because of that i only have a job because of that i only have a great group of friends because of that i only have places to go and people to see because of that and um you know I, I i love that because i'm just convinced that this is where uh this is where like human being shit is curated and born you know i'm sure there are other things like sports or nonprofit stuff or church or whatever that would like give people the same sense um but as far as i can tell there's just nothing that is going to test you but also like build you like getting in the fucking van and doing all that with your buddies and like trying to make something out of it and doing it just because you like gave a shit about that you know so um I don't know, man. Like, again, I wish I had a crazier story for you. It's just, it's, it's a fucking blur, dude. It, yeah. it like, we've been in basements where there was nobody. We've been on stage like to fucking 3000. We played festivals to 10,000 and all of it is one thing. All of it is, is just one thing, dude. And I can't, I can't even touch it. I can't even, I, 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 I don't know what to say. 
I can't, I can't touch it. It's just, it is just one thing. And it's one thing to the listener. It's one thing to the artist. And so long as everybody's heart is in the right place, then it only ever has to be that one thing. And you know, it, like we had, when you think about all the people that like would come to see you in like a, in a basement or a bowling alley or a back of a pizza shop or something, but then also came out to see you when you were at fucking house of blues or chain reaction or something like that. It's like, get me the fuck off this planet, dude. I just don't even, I don't deserve that. You know, I really don't. And like, just, I'm lucky, but just thankful. And if, if, um, you know, if a dude like you is, is out here, uh, wanting to connect over something that I made or, or you just thought it was fucking cool, like, man, then, then that's it. I just I, thank you for everything. Thank you for supporting Pentimento all those years ago and like coming out to the show and, and like still keeping it alive and stuff, man. Cause like you're, you're all I got, like people like you are all people like me have. And it's, it's this beautiful like relationship where again, like, I feel like as long as everybody's keeping it real, then we're good. You know what I mean? I, I don't know you, but I love you and I want it to be like that forever. And like, um, that's why, that's why this is important to do. That's why it's important to just take it out of the bedroom, you know, or out of the studio or whatever and, and offer it to other people. Cause this is, this is how we get by now, you know? So, um, yeah, man. I just gotta say, uh, like I, I'm not even, I don't care that there was in the story or anything like that. That's a, like, I, I guess I didn't know about that whole record like situation. So that's fucking amazing that anyone would chip in and like do that. And you're able to raise it all. But just like hearing you talk back and being so humble about it, because like being like mentioned, like being on the road in, in the van, like living out of a van for X amount of time with your friends does change you. And some people it changes for the better. Some people, you know, become kind of, awesome percent, dude. Uh, yeah. and, and hearing you say this all back and like, just the sound, like from like a, a listener point of view, listening to you say this is you sound so humble and like, so grateful for everything. And like, that's, it warms my heart that like, there's still like, there's people that like are like that. Um, I mean, there's a lot of people that are, that are humble for and, and thankful for like what they have, but like, just to hear you like express it so much is, 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 is very nice to hear from, from like a fan point of view of like you know, knowing Pentamento for so long and then hearing this and like it, it, that, that, that means more than any story you could probably fucking tell. Nah, bro. And like, thank you for saying that. And I like, it's, it's huge. Um, it, dude, you, you are in a business where you get to talk to band dudes about band stuff all the time. And there's like so much about it. That's like exciting or fun or cool. You know, it's fun to learn that a band was going to get sued over a record. Like it's fun that like, you had that, like that, all that shit is so cool, but dude, like there's so much fucking life that happens in between all of this stuff. And you're right. Like, bro, I got stories about every single motherfucker in all of your favorite bands doing fucked up shit or being fucking, you know, 40 year old children, just guys that have been on tour since they were 15, 16 and never been told no and treat the world like that now too and shit. Um, but as far as like, as far as my experience, um, man, the guys in Pentimento, dude, were some of the most, um, how do I even put this to you? They just really gave a fuck about what they were doing and respected, um, respected what we were out there to do. And that was so cool to be influenced by 
like people in your in your van in your living space like you're spending 100 percent of your time with them because you're on the road but you're also at band practice and then you're also in the studio and then you're also you're gonna hang out with them to get chicken wings and like so i had a i had a very good influence on me very, like in my early touring days it was like those dudes they we were all brand new to it but they just had this level of respect and like care that went into it bro i would never check the fucking tire pressure before we left or worry about the fucking oil change or whether or not the fucking trailer is attached to the van that ain't my lane i like i just i'm an asshole i don't know i just wasn't thinking about that stuff and then i got around a bunch of people who were like legitimately careful about that or things like that or like the finances of the band or doing taxes or counting merch or all of this stuff that like yeah dude maybe i could write the songs but i couldn't do what they were doing just to keep it fucking moving right i'm not dealing with the booking agent i'm not dealing with the management i'm not dealing with the you know like so it was just so cool to be around dudes who like they gave a shit about it but it was like they were just good people you know what I mean? They didn't really give into a lot of the vices that were uh, like offered to you on the road or like the things that become available and they didn't take advantage of it. And I watched them for 10 years, not take advantage of it, you know, and for as many like arguments as maybe we got in or for the different paths that our lives have now, I just have like a, like a huge level of respect for those dudes. And I think that's what makes it like, like I, I could be nothing but humble about it. Like I, I know, I know that the depth of the impact of that band was like it was felt, and that's so cool because, like now I can, like die thinking I have a legacy or something. Like I offered the world something. I have some sort of proof that we were here and like we did a thing. Um, and I, I can definitely see why people let this get to their head i you know i've been around plenty of those guys too who like as soon as their paycheck depends on it, it's like they'll just fucking do anything and everything to make sure that that keeps working out for them and i i get it like it is it, it is um it's so funny i guess to like to have to um balance yourself in that way you can't give in but you have to be all in or something i don't know what kind of poetry i got for you on that but that you know what i'm trying to say like you ha- you have to be 100 committed you have to be 100 yeah. in it and you have to also realize that that is just like a part of you it's not the whole of you because as soon as it becomes all of you and like your personality and shit depends on your tour cycle or whether or not people liked your record or what the reviewers are saying or you know what ticket sales are you're done and then you can't you can't make anything inspired anymore. You can't whatever. And then that's why people are like, oh well, yeah, dude, I like this band because they sound like that band before they started to suck. And like now, now we're just in like a like a weird sort of like holding pattern where like you've seen it happen. There's like these five year cycles where it's like new bands are getting pumped out and everything is fucking crazy. What a time for music. And then it's like copy after copy after copy after copy until somebody stands up. You know, somebody wants to be turnstile and they're like. Mm fuck this let's just make let's do something that we want to do you know let's willow smith she gets to just make a fucking pop punk record great hit after hit after smash after smash great like that's the stuff that turns people on like i remember hearing green day you remember you heard blink for the first time or whatever the fuck opened up the floodgates for all the cool bands that you ended up liking like that's gonna happen again or that is happening again turnstile is gonna turn 
Dude, I saw like Demi Lovato said that Turnstile was her favorite band. Okay, sick. If all of these kids that are listening to, the, to Demi Lovato now are like, what's Turnstile? What's hardcore? What's that? Oh, then we're good, dude. Like that's right. right? Like now, now we've really opened up the playing field for like creativity. And then like, instead of maybe watering that down, we'll get more Turnstiles, not bands that sound like Turnstile, but more bands that don't give a fuck. Cause they're like, yeah, dude, I like rap and yeah, I like punk and no, I don't just want to play a punk song where a guy is rapping. I want to do something. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah. Aerosmith and Run DMC did it, and now it could be something else. Like I, I don't know. We um, we live in a very exciting time for music, and it's also easier than ever, right? It's easier to make it. It's easier to put it out. Um, and yeah, everybody you, you can, can make a whole record on your phone now. It's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. It's crazy to see what pops. It's crazy. Like, dude, go back and listen to uh, Crank That Soldier Boy, like the original, the original version. You can find it on YouTube, I'm sure. The original version that he put out on MySpace is crazy sounding. It's so blown out. It's horrible. The production is trash. The vocals are so fucking loud that your speakers are going to peak. Like, it's gnarly. But that song fucking worked, dude. It worked for him. It worked for the rest of the world. Like, we got to dance out of the shit. Like, I mean, just what a fucking... What what a guy to be like, no, all I have is this beat and this laptop and like a pair of headphones that suck, but I know this is cool, so I'm going to do it. That's like, that's inspiring to me, you know, it's, it's, and, and that really like the floodgates are open now. Like you said, we can do it on our phone. There's no excuse to not. Right. There's no excuse to not. And the world needs it, dude. You know, like for, for as much shit as I want to talk about how like, oh, there's there's just too much going on in the world. And like, who has time to give a shit about music? It's also like the, the thing that's holding a lot of people together, whether you're a listener or an artist. So I don't know, man. I think there's a, there's a way to do it. There's a way to use all those influences correctly. That's the path that I'm on, I guess, trying to figure that out because I'm no longer concerned with like being a punk band or being an emo band or trying to fit with the the citizens of the world or the turnovers of the world or the real friends of the world like already did that and that was a lesson a lesson for sure a lesson in authenticity a lesson when keeping up with the joneses a lesson in the grass isn't always greener all that stuff but like now i like i don't even have a band i don't even have like it's just me so fuck it i, I like i'll just put it out I don't, I don't have to ask anybody anything or run it by anybody I like that part for sure, um, but I feel like it's it's getting me closer to making art, not just making music. Because now, I don't have to figure out how this is going to work for me and three other dudes. I, mm-hmm. I can figure out how it works for me, and then like just toss it out, like just puke it out on the internet and see if something cool happens. You know? Yeah. Yeah. These are very inspirational, uh, like runs <laughs> that you're doing. I just gotta say, like, thanks, bro. Thanks. I wasn't gonna. I wasn't just gonna sit here. You know? <laughs> well, I appreciate that. There are there are some episodes where it's kind of you know like yeah, I'm supposed to be like running this, but at the same time, it's like gotta give me no a man. Bit. You got I mean, me all fired you're up. Me, you're killing it, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, dude, like we're, we're sitting here talking about like you know people trying to be like the next turnstiles and kind of do what they want, but like. I mean, you're doing the same thing. There needs to be more hotel etiquettes out there doing what they want to do, making what they want to make, and just who who the fuck cares if there's like a punk song next to like a fucking 
pop R&B song on a record. Like, fucking do it. Put it out. Have fun with what you're doing. Is basically, I want to say, like, almost like the the theme of this episode is, like, put out what you want to put out. Have fun with what you're doing. Don't take yourself too seriously and just have a good time. Dude, I, I, totally, I totally agree with that. And also want to say that the exact opposite is true. Like, take yourself seriously. You know, like believe in it. You have to, because if like, if there's something in you that says make music, then there has to be something else that says, well, why should anybody listen to it? Because you're also a consumer. You're also a listener. You also choose what to give your attention to and stuff. So like when I think about making music for hotel etiquette, it's like, yeah, dude, like I, I want to have that experience as a listener too. I'm trying to make the things that I would really like to listen to. You know what I mean? And, And just there's like something to be surprised by. I don't need to just write a fucking song. I have written plenty of songs, but they're just songs. But now there's like, there's an event. There's like a thing that happened. And, it, and, it, and for a band like Turnstile or a band like Hotel Etiquette or a band like 21 Pilots or any of these people that's like, they're putting out multiple different genres in the same record or maybe in, in the same song. Yeah, the, there, there's a thing that like relates all of that. And it's like your spirit, you know what I mean? It's the thing that is resonating with other people. It's like, we don't even have to ask what kind of music this is. We could just say like, yo, turnstile is sick. Like yeah. whatever the fuck is in the water over there, like they're, they're doing it. And like, I, uh, I, I feel, um, I, I don't know. I just feel like something is, something is happening right now in music that is making it okay to, um, experiment and not draw such hard lines um, in the sand over what kind of music you make. And, um, the more, the more that we have conversations about bands like that, like, like turnstile and stuff, uh, you can see how they are now pushing the boundary of, of what a hardcore band could or should be. There's like the, the one rule is that there are no rules, right? Like, except that there are totally secret (laughs) rules, but you're the only one, you're the only one that has to play by them. You know what I mean? Like, uh, everybody else just gets to decide. And um, I really I, I really like that part. I really like that part about putting out music now where like a, a, a label doesn't expect it. Um, it. I don't have to worry about tour cycles. I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. I just get to like finally make it. And I feel like that maybe maybe that like uh, relief, that that relief um, or, or, or the, the, the only pressure I got is what I'm putting on myself. So mm-hmm. if I can learn to chill the fuck out, then it, it feels easier to create feels easier to let it out when I'm in there and all that stuff. So now I feel a little closer to like, I'm not just doing it to be in a band. I'm not just doing it to make songs that like, I, I want to make art now. And that is messy and it's fucked. And like, it is a million different things, but it seems to be, um, it seems to be like what is keeping it afloat, you know, just thinking about it like an art project rather than a band. Yeah. Well, I mean, dude, Mike, like, I've had a great time talking to you, and, like, like seriously, Hotel Etiquette is fucking sick, and I'm stoked that you're having such a great time, and you found kind of, like, your resurgence doing music, and I really am, like, excited to see what this next record's gonna be like, and just what you do with Hotel Etiquette going forward in general. 
Dude, thanks so much. It was an absolute pleasure talking to you, man. I'm glad we got a chance to reconnect after uh, so so many years, not in, like unknowingly. So that rocks. But right. uh, yeah, dude, I, I appreciate all the work that you did to put this together. And thank you for listening. And um, I, I will do my best to not disappoint when this thing comes out for you. <laughs> all right. I appreciate that. Um, if anyone's looking for hotel etiquette, merch, music, or just hotel etiquette in general, where can they find it? Um, dude, I keep it pretty minimal. Um, my, my presence online is pretty much relegated to like Instagram. So just at hotel, hotel etiquette on Instagram. Um, you can find me on Spotify, Apple music and Bandcamp as well. If you're looking for the tunes, um, other than that, you know, uh, your direct line would just be the, the Instagram thing. I keep it pretty low key. So, yep. And, uh, I do want to plug this, uh, merch is there is merch on, uh, triple hammer records. I did see that today. Uh, you got some shirts yeah, and dude. I think uh, vinyl and tape on there still? Yeah, um, so I definitely want to send a huge shout out to Triple Hammer Records. They are working um, so hard for the Buffalo scene and uh, they've got bands from Chicago that are bring, they're bringing on now and stuff. They're, they're just doing a lot to establish themselves um, and I'm so proud of like how far uh, Jake Mandy and Torsten have come like in a short amount of time they've been doing that they have a great roster full of bands that are definitely worth checking out so uh, again I want to send a shout out to Gato Black and, and Fake Space um, Thomas Harvey um, Bowen Spear uh, I, I think that they're they're doing something very cool for Buffalo right now. Um, just just the offering of a small label to help push young bands along is really really cool. Um, I, I would urge anybody to try to pay attention to what's happening in Buffalo right now. There's so many fucking bands, uh, and and I would I would offend people if I left them out. So I'm gonna try to just say, dude, find a playlist with some Buffalo hardcore bands on it. Check it out because shit is happening here. There there is this like uh excitement that i can feel kind of buzzing around in the city over a lot of this stuff and it's really fun to watch happen um especially as a guy who's been involved in the scene for a long time so instead of like getting all bitter and thinking that every band sucks i like i actually think every band fucking rules and they're like there's so many from the buffalo area that are just crushing it um but yeah if you if you want to check out merch and stuff like that i have the uh sex questions x questions lp double lp on the triple hammer website just uh, triplehammerrecords.com a couple t-shirts and things like that if you want to support the project that's cool um otherwise man i will just keep you posted i finished at least part of the record i'm gonna go finish the other part and then i'll get back to you and we can do this again sometime dude i'm, I'm always down uh the uh the door's always open anytime you want to come back on and talk about anything um more than happy to have you back on rock and roll dude thanks a lot for having me this time we'll do it yeah. again soon fuck yeah um, like I normally say on these episodes, if you or anyone you know should be on an episode of Beers with Bands, feel free to reach out. I do have the email on all the socials or DM me on any of the socials. Or maybe uh, I'll find one of your songs on a playlist and then I'll hit you up. And then I'll, it'll be like me and Mike. We'll have, uh, we'll have a little chat That's over what's going on. Um, Hell yeah. I mean, other than that, one last big thank you to Mike for, for taking the time out of uh, your Tuesday. And uh, I'll catch everyone on the next episode. See ya. Thank you, brother. Peace. I think I'm kind of in the mood. Do that thing I always do I go out looking for attention, yeah I only end up finding you Try to avoid it, but the truth is I'm stupid And I just pretend like I'm caught up in something that I won't regret My tongue feels useless, my shoes are cement Ah, how am I inside your room again? Yeah I'm
Perfect way to win.